In March of this year, Erin Snyder published her new book titled Marketing Democracy, the Political Economy of Democracy Aid in the Middle East. The book argues that because U.S. aid resources earmarked to bolster democracy in the Middle East have been more than often framed in the terms of their benefit to the recipient nation's economy and or U.S. security interests, such resources often heavily benefited non-democratic regimes instead of serving their intended purpose. Hello. My name is Rami Yaku. I'm the executive director of the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy, also known as TIMEP. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Aaron Snyder, professor of international relations at Texas A&M's Bush School of Government and Public Service. Aaron, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Rami. It's a pleasure. First, uh, can you briefly explain to us what exactly you mean when you talk about democracy aid? So democracy aid um, can include a whole host of things. And this is part of the problem in some ways of the democracy aid um, subject or industry, if you will. So democracy aid can include aid for civil society, aid to support election reform, aid to enhance media. It can also include, uh, depending on uh, one's sort of prerogatives, uh, aid for social welfare programs, right? So thinking about um, components of assistance that might go to aid towards the quality of democracy versus trying to support maybe more procedural forms of the definition of democracy. Super helpful to know. So a central argument in your book suggests that the reason for presenting this democratic aid in economic terms is twofold. One, because of institutional preference in the United States for a market-oriented democracy, and two, is to appeal to resistant regimes. Yet one of your findings clearly suggests that this approach isn't working. And more than often, non-democratic states find ways to reappropriate intended for uh, bolstering democracy to fund things that strengthen regime powers instead. In the case of Egypt, how has aid earmarked for democratization actually been used? Yeah, so as you rightly note, in the, the beginning of the 1990s, when these first programs began, um, promoting market reforms or market economy was very much the institutional preference in the United States and reflected the beliefs then that that represented an important component uh, of supporting democracy. Um, so that was very much sort of uh, the flavor of the day, if you will, in the early 1990s. But it was also helpfully, from the perspective of the United States, a helpful way to um, present these programs to authoritarian states, in this case, Egypt, right? Because if you're talking about economic reforms, that sounds less threatening than talking, let's say, about civil society reform, empowering civil society. Um, so in the book, I pay close attention to the negotiations that took place between the U.S. and the Egyptian government over nearly 20 years to, to look at this process of negotiation. Um, but what we found, or what I found rather, um, in talking with officials who were involved with this is that, you know, this, this approach backfired in many respects. And so over time, uh, we see that this sort of emphasis and focusing on um, strengthening market reforms um, ended up in some ways enhancing the efficiency of the regime in Egypt over time at the expense of empowering civil society. Wow. So Aaron, before we go, what's one lesson on reforming aid that you hope policymakers will take away from your book? I'll say maybe two lessons. Okay. On this one. So the first is, is something that many scholars that work on interna international peacekeeping remind us all the time, which is if we're talking about 
uh, effective aid, what, right? How to make aid as effective as it can be. Um, that aid should be locally guided and locally driven, which makes intuitive sense for most people. But this is really difficult to achieve in terms of the institutional um, incentives that exist in the foreign aid bureaucracy in the United States and in other places as well, too. So first, focusing on um, any sort of uh, development aid or democracy aid should be locally driven. But the second lesson is also uh, one maybe more directed to uh, the foreign aid bureaucracy in general in Washington, D.C., which is that there's always been a rhetorical enthusiasm for democracy aid, um, but enormous dissonance in how to actually achieve that and getting different institutional actors to care about it in the same way um, and to sort of appreciate different ways and approaches of aiding democracy. Um, and thinking out of the box in terms of, um, again, strategy, right? So thinking about the quality of democracy promoted uh, along the way towards democratization. Many lessons to be learned, for sure. Erin, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. To our listeners, uh, sorry, yeah, to our listeners, make sure you get a copy of Professor Snyder's book, Marketing Democracy, uh, The Political Economy of Democracy in the Middle East. Thank you, Erin. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye.